0: Everybody, what's up? Welcome to Bible Prophecy Talk. My name is Chris, and it's good to be with you again today. All right, so I wanted to talk about um, some research I've been doing over the past week about some issues that are not related to Bible prophecy, but I think are interesting. And I think that the um, story behind why I started doing the research is, could be helpful to others in similar situations and whatnot. So um, it's kind of a conspiracy about hydroxychloroquine and I- ivermectin and, uh, some herbs of all things that I think are going to be an important part of the story going forward. So I guess I'll just start with the idea that, you know, I'd been feeling like I need to do something for my friends and family that are likely to get the vaccine. And for the most part, I'm, I'm very lucky. A lot of my friends and family are more or less awake, even in the sort of way that they're awake now to the fact that the media is completely bonkers and and is out to get them, basically, Uh, which thanks, if nothing else, to Trump for waking up most of the people I didn't think could be woken up about that issue. But nevertheless, this vaccine and get the vaccine talk is so huge. It's so sophisticated. I'm starting more and more to think this is sort of the central thing. Uh, one quick note on that while it's on my mind i saw that pfizer was like pressuring i think it was argentina uh in exchange for them giving them vaccines since they didn't have the cash to get it they were saying well that's all right you can put as collateral your military bases uh your infrastructure i think it was oil fields or something like that some some major infrastructure which is like that's what That's what governments do when they take over countries. And it got me thinking about oligarchy situations where, you know, in the future, uh, the government will be able to say, oh, I didn't infringe on your rights, but Verizon can do it. And, you know, all the companies will be able to do it. So it's like a company based tyranny or at least a big part of it. But anyway. So I wanted to put something together just quick to send out to some select friends and family, basically saying, Hey, just in case you were on the fence, don't get the vaccine. Here are some links. And I sent it out, and lo and behold, you know, some people were like, Wow, I was about to get the vaccine. One was like, I did get the first dose. Anyway, a couple things happened. It made me number one realize how important it is for people like you and me who maybe you know, for whatever reason, like to gather information and like to understand things. That's not information that everybody has or, uh, and that it's information that they would want. And you are the great vector for that because they know you and trust you. And email is like the thing of the future right now. You can't censor it. Uh, Ideally get off of Gmail or anything like that. Proton mail is a good option. Anyway, uh, the other thing that it made me realize is that there is... Also, a need for talking about solutions because one person in this email exchange said, "Look, you convinced me. I'm not going to get the vaccine. But what solutions can you offer because I am scared of this uh, virus?" And they, you know, cited people that they know that have died and lots of other uh, lingering problems and stuff that are people that people are having. And to which I'll say, I agree that that is an issue. There's something with the coronavirus that's a little weird. I don't think it is. As severe as has been reported, a lot of that is testing. But I don't want to minimize the fact that it it, a exists and it is something interesting. Um, I also would say that I think it's not going to be the end of what we're going to have to deal with with this, and that's in part because they're going to want to sell more vaccines and they're going to want you to get a third dose, fourth dose. They're going to want to do it every year the amount of money that is being made from this vaccine is basically unprecedented. I think they estimated $39 billion for the mRNA vaccines alone uh, in 2021. That is, for example, the best year of Viagra ever had was $2 billion. Uh, So that's $39 billion for one year versus $2 billion. It's big money. There's a lot of incentive there. And... Uh, regardless they are pushing the sort of variant idea very heavily so you know there's going to be a new one and this one and this one and this one and some of those are going to be real there are some people that and i'm not saying that the other one isn't real but some of them are going to be more severe and actually scare people enough to now just just fall into the vaccine propaganda okay whatever you got me i'm scared this time just give me the jab um uh and so We're gonna be dealing with more and more coronaviruses is my guess, although that is obviously just speculation. So, solutions. um, I wanted to put together another little bit of research and that's where this story begins, really. Technically, I started off with the idea of quinine, which is a tree bark extract that I knew that hydroxychloroquine was based on. But before I got to that, I wanted to look into the story of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Both of which have shown promise in labs and clinical studies to be effective against COVID-19. And I should add a caveat, they are shown to be incredibly effective when moderate doses are given and they're given early in the onset, uh, after the onset of symptoms. And in this episode of Bible Prophecy Talk, I will provide a, a whole post on this with really high quality links for everything that I'm saying. So in this case, there's links to PubMed and ScienceDirect and, and Nature and all the places that show that, yes, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin have both been very effective against COVID-19 specifically in various types of lab tests, both lab tests and clinical uh, trials. I think one of the biggest issues is the two main studies that have been and still are used to say the hydroxychloroquine specifically is unsafe and ineffective are studies by the WHO, the World Health Organization, which designed the study. But it was also basically copy and pasted uh, by Oxford in their version of the study, which they called the recovery study. But the main point is that in those two very influential studies, they used lethal doses of hydroxychloroquine and lethal as defined by the who itself. The who had done another study, you know, back in 1979 where they found out, hey, if you give somebody this much hydroxychloroquine, it's likely to kill them. So don't give them this much. But in this study, the dosage, the minimal dosage in the in the WHO study was over the lethal dosage. You had people in India writing open letters to the World Health Organization saying, why are you giving people the lethal dosage of hydroxychloroquine? I mean, a lot of skepticism. But yet, it was also done in the Oxford study, which this recovery study in Oxford is still going on. And if they're using the same methodology, they're still giving these in the the recovery study at Oxford gave them more than the lethal dose. And of course they're giving these lethal doses to elderly patients in intensive care units. The death rate was astronomically high to this day. They're using that information to say, Hey, didn't, you know, hydroxychloroquine is very unsafe. It's like likely to kill you. And it's just like, what are you guys doing? This is this is murder. You think Andrew Cuomo is bad? What about the World Health Organization and the recovery trial? There's a Bill Gates connection in here too. I think he was, I can't remember if it was the recovery or the um, the WHO study, but he was instrumental in the design. So I've heard, I haven't looked exactly into that, but he certainly, the Bill and Melinda Gates was part of the funding. Their hands-on nature of it, I suppose, is up in the air. I didn't look into it, but there is a connection there. But of course, the study at Oxford was in part uh, funded by drug companies. I mean, this is the fox guarding the hen house. So they do these studies and of course, they say, wow, look, we found it was unsafe, but that's just the tip of the iceberg with this. Let's move on to the Lancet journal conspiracy. The Lancet is one of the most respected medical journals. It's certainly one of the oldest medical journals out there. Basically, if the Lancet says it, you can at least be sure that it went through some kind of peer review, that some somebody looked at it and just checked the facts at the very least. I mean, it's the Lancet. You don't just get published there Uh, without some kind of hoops now i know it's all a big game and you know a drug company can get a study passed in no time just to show whatever they want to show but it's still there's an at least an illusion that it's peer reviewed in something like The Lancet. So they put out this study. It was the one that they said 90,000 people were tested with, corona, or with hydroxychloroquine that had coronavirus. It was after this study came out that everybody really started to kind of dogpile on uh, hydroxychloroquine. It was the, this study that caused the World Health Organization to stop its trials, which actually was a good thing. It probably saved a lot of lives. So we have a major tsunami of events that took place after this Lancet article was published, which purported to show that hydroxychloroquine was both unsafe and ineffective. Shortly after this Lancet article was published, uh, doctors online started to notice a lot of problems with the fine print of this, and that ranged everything from, you know, they're methodologies in the test, for example, uh, I'm going to quote from this this bullet point of these this open letter of these doctors to the Lancet. Uh, they have some bullet points of things that they wanted to point out. A range of gross deviations from standard research and clinical practices, such as patients were prescribed inexplicably high doses of hydroxychloroquine, far higher than the FDA recommended doses. There was no ethics review. The number of patients reported from Australia far exceeded the number of patients in the Australian government database. Gross misrepresentations of numbers of the deaths in Australia, both the number and cases of death. They claim 40% deaths in Africa and the details provided seemed unlikely. Refusals to identify the hospital that contributed the data. They go on to name some other things, but there's all kinds of problems with this. And so much so that, again, they, they sent this open letter to the Lancet. In a near unprecedented move, the, the Lancet then is forced to retract this incredibly influential study, this study that shaped your life, my life. The Lancet was like, oh, our bad. We couldn't confirm any of that stuff. We'll just take it down. For them to be like, we can't confirm it is like, well, what are you even doing? You are a peer reviewed journal. The one thing that you have to do is to just check the facts. In another study, they waited an average of 16 days after the onset of symptoms, where people were basically on their deathbed. Uh, that they're just completely full of this virus to give them the first dose of hydroxychloroquine, an average of 16 days after the onset of symptoms. That's basically doing nothing. That's that's doing absolutely nothing. In part, everybody should know that that is even familiar with these kinds of drugs, antiparasitic drugs like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, uh, and all the anti-malarial drugs out there, is that you need to give them early in the onset of symptoms. Sometimes you give them as prophylactics, that is before the symptoms begin. Uh, but... The point is, it's kind of, think of it kind of like an antiviral. You know, you start to get uh, the sniffles or a cold, that's when you start to take them. If you're on a deathbed and your viral load is just, it, it, it's basically, that's not how you administer them. It's not its purpose. And yet, this study's average number was 16 days. They gave it to them basically as a Hail Mary on their deathbed, and they counted that as hydroxychloroquine's fault. It, it's just nonsense stuff in terms of these studies. I know I've been talking about hydroxychloroquine mostly here, but most of this applies to ivermectin as well. And in the show notes, a lot of the studies that I link will be both to hydroxychloroquine studies and to ivermectin studies. They're both antiparasitic drugs. I should point out that it's not currently known why antiparasitic medications show promise with COVID-19. One theory from one study that I saw called it, a, quote, an increasing intercellular pH resulting increased phyolusome fusion, impairing viral receptor glycosylation. I think what he basically means is that um, it inhibits the attachment to the ACE2 receptors. And that's actually why hydroxychloroquine was singled out early on as a possible therapeutic for COVID-19 is because it was already known to inhibit um, infection of those ace to receptors. So people said, well, you know, we should try hydroxychloroquine. That's what it does. And so it was, that's why it was known from the very beginning or suggested that as a possible therapeutic. Anyway, both hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, which are antiparasitic drugs have been shown. And you can see in the show notes, the studies that these when administered in normal doses early in the onset of symptoms, the results are, you know, really good you know, there's doctors or there was doctors on YouTube that were just pounding the table saying, why are we not, why are we doing anything, but, but giving this, this is the results of these studies are amazing. So the question is, if you read these studies for yourself and you say, wow, it does look like these anti-parasitic drugs are the way to go for the way that I want to go with treating myself. I look at the upside and the downside and I am eyes wide open saying, this is the drug that I want to choose. How are you going to get it? Well, that's a difficulty because the political issue and this machine has made it difficult for doctors really got to step out on a limb to do that now. I mean, they've got huge money breathing dragons uh, down their neck that are saying, don't do it. You know, you're going to lose your license and whatever else, which is just insane. Nevertheless, it's going to be difficult for you to find hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin unless you maybe live in India or something. But even there, eventually, they're going to crack down on it. So that got me thinking. In this, uh, you know, trying to to give these people that were asking me, well, what's the positive? How what what can I do? It got me thinking about quinine is where I started the research. Now, quinine is an extract from a the Cinco quera, quera bark. Uh, it's basically you know, you can think of the name, quinine, it's what hydroxychloroquine uh, was was designed to mimic. They're very similar. Uh, you can look in journals that are devoted to malaria, for example, and I quote that and link that in the, uh, the thing that's on the show notes. It, it has been used for hundreds and hundreds of years to prevent malaria. And you'll find out a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about have some kind of recourse to malaria it's just that's what an, a great use for anti-parasitic drugs so quinine was used and has been used for that for hundreds of years now as i say that's basically what chloroquine and then the updated version hydroxychloroquine was mimicked to do it's basically a synthetic version of that i'm assuming it's much more potent that i don't know the uh, dosages and that kind of thing with with it quinine is something you can buy on amazon you can buy it right now if you wanted to. But it's more interesting than that. <laughs> it got me thinking, well, what about some of these others? I mean, uh, you know, that's interesting that an herb could do that. And before I got too far, I found a another herb, Artemisia annua, was sometimes referred to as sweet wormwood. Uh, it's a plant that has been used in traditional Chinese medicine for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. I couldn't quite track that down. Uh, the... Extract that you get from artemisia annua, artesutate, well, you get the extract, which is called Artemisian. Uh, that's basically just an extract, extract, but there's a drug essentially made from that called Artisutate. and it's considered to be the current best therapeutic for treating malaria. There's literal studies, and the WHO recommends only using hydroxychloroquine when, artemisia annuas extract is not available it's considered far superior of a drug for malaria so that got me thinking well is this plant safe and effective and what's the deal with it with uh, COVID-19 etc and lo and behold not only had it been tested already in a lab against COVID-19 with very positive results enough and this was done by Max Planck Institute in Germany Uh, those results then led to other Uh, institutions, such as uh, the University of Kentucky, which is uh, now started a study as well as one in Mexico and I think one in, um, I can't remember, but now studies are underway, clinical trials uh, with patients using, in some cases, the University of Kentucky, the cancer research there, and by the way, this is, it's shown, there's other medical uh, uh, stuff showing it has effect against cancer. I mean, Again, I, I usually don't even deal with this kind of stuff with herb stuff and, oh yeah, cancer treatments, whatever. Sure, sure, sure. But this is really interesting. This, this cancer division in the University of Kentucky had been apparently using this for uh, cancer research. And then I guess they knew that it was a thing that could also be used against ACE2 receptors or whatever. So they pivoted to do this study with COVID uh, with the same plant that they had apparently had already some familiarity with. Long story short, this appears to be doing really good. There is a video in this links that shows that so good, in fact, that they have farms springing up just to make this stuff. And what they're doing is basically using the plant as a tea administered like twice a day because you can basically grow the plant in your backyard, uh, dry it, and make it into a tea. Now, the way that people normally use it and the way it's sold on Amazon is in its extract form, Artemisian, in which... It's a more powerful version of it. It's uh, uh, been extracted and sort of more potent. Um, But you can apparently just use the dried leaf plants as a therapeutic as well. This is currently a totally legal drug. It is, as I say, sold on Amazon. You can buy seeds on eBay or dried leaves on eBay or Amazon, for that matter, as tea. It is... Something you should know, but you should also know that there is—it's a powerful herb. It's—it's a, it's a drug. It's not something that doesn't have side effects, and you cannot just take this willy-nilly. And the main things are that you shouldn't take it if you're pregnant. You also shouldn't take it for long-term use because it can have damage in your liver if you take large doses for a long time or just a long period of time. So you use it as a treatment for an illness. Take it for the week that you have or showing symptoms or whatever, and the doses on the back of the bottle that you buy it. Or if you are making the tea, there's some consult a doctor, consult a herbalist. None of those statements I make here are approved by the FDA and are intended to uh, be used for treatment of any disease, et cetera. So please take that into account. I'm not, and and to that end, these studies are not th- completed yet with this thing and the University of Kentucky and the others that I mentioned. Um, they're They're only initial positive tests, but I would submit that it's based on good, a good backstory. It's based on the idea that it is currently the best, its extract is the best known treatment for malaria. These other malarial drugs, antiparasitic drugs, which Artemisia annua is, have been shown. Uh, to be good against COVID in the lab. This also has been shown to be good against COVID in the lab, at least in the initial results. Clinical results seem positive, but it's not been published yet. And the one of the things that, you know, it's very dangerous for me to talk about this stuff, because of course, this is the thing that they're going to zero in on. Mark my words, nobody knows about this right now. I, I I mean, there are people that are doing the studies. I think this video has like 5,000 views on YouTube or whatever. Nobody knows about it right now, but I've already seen rumblings that they're going to make this illegal as well. The point is you can grow this stuff. I mean, if you have full sun, I mean, it needs a little bit uh, more sun than I think most plants. You can get seeds out of it. You can buy the seeds. It's something that you can be independent on. You can buy this on Amazon and just capsule for them and keep it. You know, It's a four month supply for whatever, 12 bucks or something like that. Um, So you've got you can have options if you're the kind of person that wants to have something on your prepper shelf that could, in a pinch, deal with this, and you have to weigh the pros and cons of that. I guess that's it for me today. Go to BibleProphecyTalk.com, and the episode that I will post today, 3 2021 will have the notes that I talked about here, as well as some of those things that I copy and pasted to send to uh, about vaccines to my uh, um Family and friends that you may consider doing something similar. In any case, I do feel that's an important thing to say. We are trusted by our family and friends, and email, and maybe even starting, you know, being one of those people that sends you crazy emails all the time. And you think, well, here's this crazy person that's sending this email every week or every day. Uh, maybe you should become that person and influence people that way because it's getting to a point where they're not going to be able to hear anything. Um, that is important in this climate and so be sort of your own email news service is another option for your friends and family to keep them updated Uh, let them think you're crazy but let them know you know what their options are if you can all right thanks for listening and we will talk to you next time